Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. It's me, Damone Carter. It's also him, Nate LeBlanc. Nate, how long do you uh, how long do you take to squeeze the water out of a brick of tofu? <laughs> Dude, that's so weird you asked that. Uh, Lucia, my lovely wife, is making a tofu dish tonight. <laughs> and went to the local Japanese uh, grocery store, and I, I think she did like a cool two hours, two and a half hours. Okay, okay. This is that. It's uh, dude. It's so funny. I like. I did not tip <laughs> that at all, right? Like you didn't know this. No. Okay. Nope, not at all. So we. She used a lodge cast iron pan. That's like kind of like the standard, like mm-hmm. normal, budget priced. You'll only buy one your whole life. Like stand mm-hmm. industry standard cast iron pan. Everyone has a lodge, and. Uh, we were just laughing right before I came in to record. I was like filling up my water to, you know, keep my voice in its perfect range here. Your skin translucent. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, it had pressed the emblem from the cast iron pan. Oh, into the, the brick. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> we were just laughing about that. That's so funny you brought that up. Uh, because I, we just recorded a Patreon segment and I was like, oh, I put this on like an hour ago. I wonder if that's, if that's advisable sufficient um, enough time yeah yeah but you want um, as much water out as possible right you're not trying to eat water it already doesn't taste like anything so it, it really doesn't i've made <laughs> i'm making the slow transition um into being an actual vegetarian i've been a, a pescatarian for like the last three years but you should not eat your weight in fish and um fucking shrimp every week so i'm looking at tofu which my kids love will eat like a snack i'm looking at it as like protein pellets sure like how many, like, what can I add this to, to check off the list that I ate some fucking protein today? Yeah. So yes. And, and like flavor sponge, right? So yeah, if you do it, it take, if you do it right. flavors really well. Absolutely. So uh, I'll be uh, trying to fry some of that up after this hot segment uh, that we're doing. This is episode 217, as I said at the top. And I want to uh, ask you a few questions, Nate. You're a guy who watches television. Way um, more than I should. Yes, I, I, yes. I fully watch television. Yes. Uh, and you also are into hip-hop. Hip-hop... A, a bit. A bit, some would say. Uh, in hip-hop and TV, the place where they intersect is weird, no? Has this there, not traditionally there, been a weird place? There, it, it is weird. Um, there's, there's not a lot of exemplary hip-hop television shows. It's... It, it, We've talked about this a little bit in terms of the Wu Tang show, and I think some other stuff. Like, I okay, one, I, I'm that. just too nerdy for most shows. I'm just like, okay. I, I, I don't know what level of verisimilitude I want, but mm-hmm. no show has ever had it. Basically, <laughs> you're like, I'll know when I find it. Right. It's like the liberties they take with certain shows. I'm both enough of a nerd and read enough books and liner notes and listen enough music to be like, well, that's not how that went, yeah. or it's like, oh, this is too detail oriented and not actually good. Entertaining. Reason. Like, yeah. um, 
it's it's tough and i've really really disliked some i really really dislike that the get down like, oh i'm, I'm with you i'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. about it like i'm just yeah. like this is a flat no like we're not doing the boss hard version of the birth of hip-hop i cannot do this like it's too on... it's too bright i hate okay this. okay yeah i did i'm not sure if it, i think that predated our podcast but i, well, I, I definitely... think it was on at the time but well it's always on because it's streaming we could right. watch it now but like literally no one does because it sucks it, it, it um, sucks real bad yeah, yeah. But don't, don't, there's, uh, some, don't there's try some good people associated with it, but it's just, I just, it just did not work for me. And um, I think that there's hip hop shows of like your video shows, your yes. MTVs, your yes. BBs, your yeah. CMC. Here in yeah. the Bay Area, we had CMC. It was uh, the California Music, music channel. channel. It was like a local video show um, hosted by Chewy Gomez, the legend. Shout out local Chewy legend. Gomez. Um, yeah. Taught, taught me a lot um, as I was growing up. I'd like to interview him someday, actually. I think we need to get you on the show. Possible. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. Um, so, yeah. The video hip-hop. shows are one thing, though, right? Yeah, that's then, one thing. And those. That's you're you presenting know, hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah, you're presenting that's important. hip-hop. That's important stuff. Oh, no. Was, I wouldn't be here without your MTV raps. Yeah. Like, I literally would not be here. Yeah. Um, but whenever, whenever you talked about the get down, and I think whenever that dramatic line is crossed, that's when things start to get really, really weird. Or the comedic line. Trying to dramatize or make hip-hop funny, I think, is very fraught um, in, in most cases. Now, I will ask you this. Uh, many, I would have said this, too, before the start of season three, would have said Atlanta is one of the best. It's not a hip-hop show, per se, but it is. It's about a rapper. It's um, about a rapper and his yeah. manager and his weed yeah. carrier friend. It's a, it's a hip hop show. It's a hip hop show. I would say that was the best uh, presentation of the culture and the people in it um, that we have seen on TV. No, and it's written and you know directed yeah. and uh, show run or however you say that by a successful rapper. Now you could get yeah. into the corner of internet rap that Donald Glover was famous for, kind of before and where he's yeah. become kind of prestige artist in amidst all of this pardon mm-hmm. me but um paperboy is a convincing character absolutely and it's 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 well written and it it tracks with like um you know my experiences like i've had some like paperboy people type experiences and i go oh yeah that's it um and brian tahiri henry is such a good actor he's but, a great um, actor yeah and uh, the, the one of the most interesting peripheral characters is clark county Clark County is amazing. I still think it's a parody of Chance the Rapper. Um, and they're doing it so well. So it's it's so well written. It's so true to the to the culture in such a way that it doesn't like um necessarily glorify things, but it, it also takes it seriously enough. And it it comes from an insider perspective, which we don't get too often. Um I just started season three. So I, I need counseling at this point. Um, it's I, I, we, we, my wife and I have, you know, we're watching probably four or five shows at any given time. Like what show do you want to watch tonight? Where do we, right. do you stack them? So you have a, like a nice flow to your evening. Oh, that's so funny. Um, things of right that there. nature. So like basically on the nights we're watching Atlanta, it's like, we need to watch that. And then a like, cleanser, a fucking hour of old vines or something funny to like, it's like get watching an episode of Atlanta this season is like getting put through the emotional ringer, especially like the anthology episodes. The first one, which is based on a real 
mm-hmm. situation, which was like, it's just hideously awful thing yeah. to dramatize. And they did such a great job. It's really well done, but it's so hard to, hard watch. to watch. And then yeah. uh, I don't know if you've gotten to episode four, but it's about what a kind of um, re- what reparations might look like in the real world also mm-hmm. dramatized. And it's, I to, have you seen it? I have not. I'm only. I'm. I'm still on number one. A lot of the people listening haven't either, so I don't want to go too much further. But that also was. It's like harrowing. It's like yeah. Jesus, man. This is like crazy. So, yeah, I, I. I'm with you. That's so funny. Uh, me and my girlfriend have a similar kind of thing. But last night I was like, "Can we watch Atlanta?" And she was like, "My wife's the sure? same way. She's like, like, dude, that's like it's way that's too a heavy. Lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. So we we watch we 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 watched Atlanta the uh episode three season one super uh emotionally taxing and then we're like we're gonna watch abbott elementary for the next hour yeah. abbott to- elementary is really well done yeah. and zach fox is so funny on there yeah. and quinta brunson's so funny on there it's like that's a, that's a great success story and it's yeah. not necessarily hip-hop but, but it's hip-hop influence it, it has some definite influence and like it's um, hip-hop informed like when zach when the zach fox character comes and does the little show at the school um, it's parroting uh, from the inside. And I love that. And Atlanta does a similar thing where it kind of parodies the more ridiculous aspects of rap, but from an insider perspective. So it doesn't feel like some fucking, you know, guy named Brad, uh, you know, who grew up on on Puff Daddy is trying to make hip hop jokes. Just, you know uh, I mean? just say a mountain climber who plays electric guitar. Electric guitar. Everyone <laughs> exactly. will know what you're talking about. <laughs> Lars is not out here trying to make the hip hop jokes. So yeah, I think it, but those two programs, which are kind of like, one is very hip hop, one is kind of like loosely hip hop influenced. Shout out to Kinta Brunson, who was a part of uh, Mike's show, The New Negroes. Oh, is she? Uh, yeah, she I was a part of that. that. I don't think I knew who she was at that time. Yeah, if you go back to those skits, like, that's where I first like learned about it. I'm like, oh, oh nice. This? So she's definitely uh, made a come up, but uh, handling hip hop is serious subject matter. Yeah. Now, there are a bunch of attempts. Uh, to make hip hop funny, which is super fraught. Did you ever watch Wildin' Out? No, I don't watch stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I wish you guys could see Nate's face. I knew he was gonna make it. Yeah, I, we gotta I, take this to YouTube because that is not my thing. No, I, that's not Jamie, Nick Cannon guy. Uh, yeah, I, no, no Nick Cannon ever. No, no, um, I will say, and it's like really stupid to quote other media personalities as as jokes. But uh, we were watching the other night when they had Giuliani on the Masked Singer. Oh Are you aware God. of this controversy? Yeah. I, I just yeah. basically when anything like this happens, I'm like, okay. I know my reaction. Now I want to watch the Desus and Mero segment about reaction. It. Yes, and like yes. They, they couldn't get Giuliani's head off, and Desus is like, "Oh, look at him struggling with that head." But Nick Cannon, he must think it's a condom. <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny, dude. Desus and Mero is the only thing in life right now that may, has me like cackling, laughing, like okay, kicking but- my feet, and just like going like. This is so funny. And it's just two dudes riffing, hanging out. It's so great. And that is where hip hop and comedy come together in a really smart, um, actually funny place. I think oftentimes like with Wild and Out and, and some of these other things, it's part of the premise is like, look at these funny rapper guys. Isn't this funny? And it's like, yeah. no, actually it isn't. Okay, I'm going to do one for you and then note your facial uh compunction as we as we go okay. through this do you ever watch the little dicky show dave man listen <laughs> <laughs> man listen you want to ruin my day 
<laughs> say little dicky. Yeah. Uh, uh, I shamed, uh, I shamed my my dear girlfriend Steph for uh, for watching Dave. Um, Apparently, it's a pretty good show, but I don't like him, so I'm not going to watch it. So I'm never on, uh, for political reasons, right? I don't um, know. The people say yeah. it's a compelling, a compelling half hour comedy. Uh, I'll yeah. never find out, but you know, Godspeed to them. Yeah, uh, uh, shout out to a, a little Dicky and, and everybody else who makes a mockery of this great art form of uh, of hip hop. Um, yeah, that that was. To me, his trajectory, because he also did like the goofy, what was it, Wendy's commercial or something, um, personifies what I hate. And yes. I, and, we, and, we were on record as this not working for us. And I actually think yeah. I mess with a little bit more Sandberg and Lonely Island than you and Dave do. But like, sure. that's, that's in the same territory. It's, 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 it's verging towards there. It's like where a parody um, that comes from an outsider perspective uh, I just it's, really it's don't affectionate, it. but still somehow offensive. In it, its goofiness, because it's from people like I, I get that you love hip hop, but using hip hop in this way to be the crux of your comedy um, is fraught for me. And so I'm just like, uh, you're not in it enough. Although you know, I've enjoyed some of their skits. So <laughs> it just depends. Uh, some of okay, that I'm going to keep my fake host hat on and ask you two more. Is okay. Empire a hip hop show? I was going to ask you that. Um, <laughs> I've never seen an episode, but I, my understanding is it's about mainstream, like big money, yeah, dramatization of like basically yeah. a big soap opera about running like a successful family I, business label, right? I know that No Can Do write some of the raps that are there, so okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hip hop show, and they hired okay. a good guy to do to do the raps. Uh, how about Power? Power is Power. absolutely a hip hop show in the sense that. Um, you know, obviously it's a 50 cent production, but also I think a show becomes hip hop when it gets name checked a certain number of times. And it's just like, I don't oh, watch Snowfall power. must be hip hop as fuck though. I haven't watched Absolutely. it, but I'm kind of saving it for myself. I want to watch really? it. It's all done and kind of go through it at my own pace, but people the West like, coast wire, whenever, whatever, uh, night snowfall is on the, that night and the whole into the next morning, the timeline is just a yeah, buzz with snowfall it. stuff. Yeah, we, we love us some drug narrative. So I think I think those shows are hip hop in the sense that they they exist in the world where a lot of the music that we like comes from and, and takes place. And like the drug game is almost kind of indispensable um, from the rap game. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Power is a is definitely a hip hop show. I'm going to throw one at you and see what you think about this. Was living single a hip hop show? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I didn't, I, I watched it when it was on, but I don't remember a ton about it. Although the main thing that you'll hear about living single these days is that, um, the success of living single gave the people who created air quotes, friends, friends, to, like, yeah. friends. they're yep. like, Oh, what if these people were white and had white. a better apartment? Um, yep. <laughs> uh, is yep. living single a hip hop show? I, I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah. Martin is a hip hop show. Why is Martin, but not living single? It wasn't Queen Latifah like uh, a radio promotion person in Martin? No, no, no. She's Martin a radio King. promotions person in Living Single. Oh, am I confusing these yeah. two things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe it is then. Yeah, she she was. That was her her role, and this was like Queen Latifah. Did they, did they debut that on Martin? And then it spun off. I think so. I think okay. she was a character. I can remember them interacting. So th I think, I think she they was both a character. are then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Martin, uh, based on again when you get name checked enough, when enough rappers engage with your material and you're expected to get these references, 
that is that is when it is definitely uh, a hip hop program. Let me throw out another one: Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think so. Um, it's he's not actually a rapper; he's just kind of a normal kid on the show. But doesn't he do some like talent show style yeah, apps yeah, yeah. and they dance yeah. and stuff in yeah. the show? And yeah. Um, the girl I was in love with when I was a kid, Tatiana Ali, had a little yeah. singing thing yeah. go on, like R and B and hip hop. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a the, the type from the title to the theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The theme song. The theme. I have to say, yeah. I watched a couple episodes recently. There are times when um, BET or one of its like streaming yeah. sub channels will just play blocks and blocks, like hours of Fresh Prince, and I'm not above watching a few. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Jazzy Jeff is involved. How could yeah, you know? Totally. I mean, how how could it how could it not be hip hop? Have you watched the reboot at all? No, I haven't. Um, I, I'm not like super thinking that needs to exist, but I did hear that it was pretty good. <laughs> that after people got over the, the initial but, shock, but, but I love that uh, that that people kind of went for it, and it's actually pretty well done. But I, I love a story like this though, where a guy makes the trailer. And he's just a normal person. He doesn't mm-hmm. have industry connections or anything. And it, it becomes a real show and he's a part of it. I love that narrative. I want people doing yeah. that constantly. Like I love seeing yeah, where so the, uh, the new talented people will come from. So I'm super stoked for that person whose name I never learned, but no, I'm not, I'm not watching that. To be honest, mostly what I watch is cooking shows and um, <laughs> kind of what you would consider to be like prestige television. Television for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, really I'm, I'm, what I'm watching. I get a lot of hip hop input at other places in my life. You know what you I don't, mean? You don't go to TV for your, your, your hip hop fix. Uh, not necessarily. Tip. No, I, I hear you. Uh, the reason why I brought this topic to the table is that um, our next guest, uh, Wordsworth, was on a hip hop television show called Lyricist Lounge um, circa 2000. Um, I believe. And um, we, we talked a little bit with him in the interview about it, but I remember that show being a really big deal from the kind of underground rapper perspective. When you think about what Lyricist Lounge existed as uh, before a TV show and there was this buzz like, oh shit, they got a TV show. I'm like, are they going to cipher? Like, what is it going to be? Yeah, because um, Lyricist Lounge was like a night where yeah. people came to rap and then it was a mixtape series on right. raucous right on raucous yeah most for most people the second one is the big the big deal like that had um That's patriotism and any man and stuff i'm a i'm a lyricist lounge one guy um, <laughs> yeah w- word of mouth uh famous last words one of my oh, famous, famous last words so good. yeah it's like that you know i i bought the three lp set that's like really complicated to take the records out and stuff so i could still play that <laughs> i have a, I have a little dj gig at a brewery on march the may 18th i will be playing that and people just absolutely um so yeah it's um you know that de la soul hosted one of the things so yeah. kind of and cool key there's just and it was about ciphering and cipher culture they have doing yeah. freestyles in the bathroom that's where uh first heard of thurston how the third we talked yes. to him a little bit about that when we had him on many many moons ago um and then it became this tv show which i did not watch at the time i think we i talked about it a little bit when we had wordsworth on wordsworth mad cool by the way yeah super cool to hear super cool um I just, I literally didn't have a TV. Like I was not watching TV. I took a couple of years off of watching TV and watching sports and all the stuff I grew up doing. When I went away to college, I like, I just, I didn't you change. Did you start me. going by your middle name? No, um, I never changed my name, but um, 
a lot of other stuff. I was just like, that's all going to be there. And I was right. I no, you're right. back and like moved yeah. back in with my parents after I graduated while I was figuring out my career stuff. I fully started watching TV again. Like yeah. actually the main thing I remember about that time is that uh, my mom and I would watch the daily show together. And it was yeah. like during John Stewart's heyday. And we really enjoyed doing that. But I, that was when she was like, you need glasses. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you're squinting. squinting I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, and she's like, dude, here's my, cre-. you know, I was so broke. She's like, here's my credit card. You'd go to this place and see this doctor. Tell him I sent you. Get uh, some glasses, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, and it has to, never uh, looked back or forward yeah, since. Now I have many, many pairs of glasses. Uh, Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's a sketch comedy show with actually really good rapping. And it, it, there are pieces and bits available on YouTube if you guys yeah. want to check some out. We did. And we, I yeah. think we both. I don't mean to speak for both of us, came away super impressed with the quality of the rapping. These guys are incredible rhyme writers. It, it, it came across better than I remembered it. Um, I remember watching it initially, and I don't think the mix of those two things worked for me because like, I'm like, oh, Wordsworth is on TV. Oh, I don't know if I want to see him with the cop hat on, like rapping in a skit. Like, I just remember that having that kind of visceral reaction of like, okay, this is kind so, of a weird fit in some ways we were happy when like raucous like you know most def's album air quotes you guys can't see went gold yeah um they they, like decided he was going to be the 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 uh, guy the tip of the spear for this kind of music and made sure that that happened and it it was also kind of like we liked it because it was underground not just because it was good so there was the selling out still existed kind of is what I'm saying. And we hadn't quite gotten to the point where we were like all happy for people when they had success. We were kind of like, Oh, should you be having success? I'm still like, what is this now? (laughs) Um, I do remember there being kind of a little bit of that, like, ah, it's supposed to be underground. I think more of my issue was kind of like, is this the best vehicle for what these folks do? It's kind of like we hired uh, bus drivers and now we're like, uh, get on this jet ski. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. And so <laughs> I, I was always kind of like I didn't fully like get it, and so I didn't tap into it too much. But I do concur with upon a rewatch, um, it is very re- well written. And I'll say this, and I I'm mad I did not ask Wordsworth about this. When I watch it, I go, you know who else was watching this? Lin Manuel. Ah. Lin Manuel was watching this so tough. Like the whole shtick that he does is basically that. And I'm kind of like, and I'm kind of, and it comes he along. He was around in those time. days, right? Like yeah. he rapped yep. at the New Yorican and all that stuff. Yep. Like he was pulled out. That is his world. That's like, that is his scene. And yeah, he's, he's and become he's, the, the he, most visible person, person of to that. come out of that. Yeah. And it's, and it's this weird mixture of like uh, of ongoing debate with me and my girlfriend likes Hamilton is an, into musicals and shit. Um, I'm like, when they do the rap narrative, something's I don't like that there's something that is off about that that I I'm sure if it was done right I know Black Thought is working on a, a Broadway production right now uh, it's uh, off Broadway and it's on now off Broadway on now uh production and so I'm like I think in the hands of the right person this could work I haven't seen it work really well the closest thing I would say would be this show if interesting I, that that would be the closest where I'm like you're rapping I never even liked that on songs too much where they're like, I'm coming down the block doing this and I'm doing this. And blah, 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 blah. Like I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for some of that. <laughs> yeah. As you should know, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, uh, <laughs> Nate's story road playlist <laughs> with all the story rap songs. So please tap into that. But um, yeah, so it was interesting to talk to him uh, and get a sense of like what that was like at that time and kind of what that did for him. 
uh, as a writer, the way I think um, he was able to communicate in that platform opened up other opportunities. I know he's done a lot of ghostwriting. You can't say who, but um, he definitely showed that he could write uh, dialogue for others and raps for others that worked. And his, he has a Snoop story that's super interesting. So let's just get to it. This is our interview with Wordsworth, Dad Bod, Rap Pod. Dead Bod Rap Pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week we have joining us in Zoom, Wordsworth. What's happening, man? What's up? How y'all doing, man? What's going down? Uh, man, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, where are you joining us from? Where are you at? I'm in Florida right now. So okay. yeah, that's I'm, I'm at home in Florida. Okay, that's what's up. What I mean, this wasn't a planned question, but Talk to me about the relationship of New York rappers in Florida. If, if you go south and still want to stay East Coast and want nice weather, that's pretty much it. So I assume if we were on the West Coast, we would move down to Cali. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like, how do I stay East Coast but still with that West Coast weather? So okay. I'll come to Florida. And then a lot of people have a lot of Caribbean, um, right. you know, Caribbean, the Caribbean culture is heavy. Right. Uh, so... That those islands are pretty pretty close to Florida, so a lot of people just kind of make their way up. And a lot mm. of people, as we know, New York is a melting pot in itself. So a right. lot of people from New York just figure, hey, a lot of my family's in Florida because it's close to the islands. So ah, uh, okay, yeah. okay, it's a commute. There it is. But you're uh you're a Brooklyn native. Brooklyn uh, native, yes. I'm gonna put you on the spot because that's what I do when Brooklyn cats come on here. What's your 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 Brooklyn Mount Rushmore of rappers? Uh, you, you got you got to pick four Brooklynites. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna pick them. I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Master Ace. I'm gonna go with okay. yeah, I'm gonna go with Ace. You know, even though we're affiliated, I bought Ace's cassette. Same. Yeah. <laughs> then, then to be a fan sitting in my bedroom reading the credits, to being in a group with him and, and close to him. And to see the evolution, to see mm. still putting out great albums, I think it falls under the radar a little bit. But people that know do identify with the consistency from then to now. Yeah. So um, even though it's under the radar, Ace, I would also put God. Um, I would put Biggie on there. I would put Jay Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my last one uh, from Brooklyn, man. I mean, I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> like, when I was younger, though, I was going hard with Special Ed, though. Okay. Okay. Front. I ain't going to front. I used to love some Special Ed albums. I'm, I, I hope I'm not forgetting one more from Brooklyn. I, I would probably have to hear some other names, and then I would be like that. You ain't, you ain't go most? Most... I wouldn't go most necessarily because most is kind of my generation. So like, uh, where I hear you. from contemporaries. So, yep. 
Yeah, so I kind of got to go to generations kind of below that inspired our generation. Yeah. So yep. like that. But if you were to ask me like top tens and you know all of that, yeah. And be like most quality i could be right. like i can go a little bit more flexible almost just, everyone puts themselves so you're already ahead of the game just keeping the slots <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, w- I wouldn't put myself man i think i got a lot more to do so i wouldn't put myself yet you know what i'm saying i think just like it's it's not even in my mindset to consider that i kind of feel like i just gotta keep doing what i do and then it'll speak for itself yeah, and you and you've been you've been doing your thing for quite a while. Uh, we watched a bunch of uh, lyricist lounge clips earlier uh, in preparation for this, and it was kind of a reminder of yeah, you've been around for a while, but you just dropped um, an album last yeah. year, Undivided Attention. Uh, how do, how do you sustain a run like that? Because now we're talking like twenty plus years. Yeah, you know, I think it's actually part of just like the competitive nature you know, and just kind of like always wanting to prove that. Cause when you, when you become an artist or a rapper, it's, it's that vibe of like, you want to prove you're the best. Mm-hmm. So like, um, improving you're the best doesn't necessarily mean overnight. As we can see with like a, like an Ace or, or Jay-Z and, mm-hmm. and Biggie and all these people that I named, like uh, proving that it takes, it's a sustainability, like a long time. So that's just kind of in me just to, prove that I'm the best still I think anytime I I'm approaching what I'm doing I, I feel that I can do it at at its highest point so I think that's what drives me that way it's just the fact that I feel like um, I'm the best and I think we all do feel like we're the best at what we do no matter what job you get you, you better feel like you're the best you know what I'm saying I don't care where you're working at you shouldn't be like I'm the worst you know what I'm saying it could be any job so you should just be naturally feeling that way and confident in your ability. So that's that's kind of how come I think I've been able to sustain. And then like I listen to everybody else, right? And I remember when I was younger listening like the Death Squads and the and the Posse Cuts, right? So when you have Eric Sermon come on and Keith Murray's come on, Redman, the Dotsman, all on one track, I used to always write my verse what it would be like because I'm trying to compete with these guys. So it's always been that mindset to this day. So when I hear uh, like, a, you know, the Griselda or, you know, like Elzai, Black Thought and all these guys are still consistent with bars. I'm just making sure that I got my verses consistent. And one of the theories I have, honestly, man, it's, it's just the way I think it's like, I want to make sure every time I come to school, I got a fresh outfit. And that's, that's my approach. That's I like how that. That's my approach because that was the most important thing to me when I was younger. And to this day, I sustain and make sure I have that same mentality of making sure when I come to school, whether it's a cypher or whatever it is, the stage is my school. I got the freshest outfit and that's it. That's awesome, man. And I have to say, uh, you look super young. Like we might need you to drop the skincare (laughs) routine at the end here. You look the same as you look, which is crazy. Congrats. It's it's funny that you mentioned the the job thing. I, I work in an office and I think I'm okay at my job, but um one time I, I think about your black star verse a lot when I'm at work because I have to dial nine just to get a line out. Yeah. And it's like I still think about stuff like that. So can you talk to us a little bit about being on that uh concluding um song on Black Star? Was that a big look for you at the time? Is that something people remember from you? Like just talk to us about that a little bit. 
that's one of the the biggest things in my career. I think that's what got me to this point to be still doing what I'm doing. Ironically, uh, kind of like surprising, uh, there's a Lyricist Lounge show going on at the Apollo this month. Oh, yeah, nice. that's right. Yeah. Karis One is, is the headline of Kwali's on there, and I'm going to come out and do that verse. Nice. You know, hey! Yeah. That's People that may not know or whatever, uh, but that, that shows you the how how long that verse that verse is forever because yeah. that that's such an iconic album um you're so, great on it though that sony or iowa black or white line has stuck with me for all these years the uh disease injections and gerbils like i it's like i it, i haven't listened to that in like so long but you're you have one of the best verses on this great album you know what i mean thank you um so yeah i just remember being asked to be on it and then uh you know, showing up to the studio, me, Punch was in the studio, Kwali was in the studio, Mosat wasn't there at the time, Jane Doe, I believe, was there that night. That was the first time we actually heard songs from Cannabis album, too. So oh, somebody okay. came to the studio and was like, they played us Taj Mahal and something else. And we was like, oh, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I'll never forget that, just off the basis of that moment being there, hearing that. And just like, you know, it was the same vibe, but just like wanting to be dope on it. Like, I know what I'm up against. So it was like, I gotta, I gotta write something because I know what I'm up against. So that, that's kind of my mindset all the time. I was just writing something just now and I'm up here in the same vibe of like, it's two other people on <laughs> You know, so that's my mindset always. It's like, you know, what I'm up against. That's super dope. Um, so you were also on Beats, Rhymes, and Life, um, and uh, I that verse for me is a, very much a standout. Oh yeah, the Love Movement. The Love Movement. Excuse me, that's yeah. right. Um, so can you talk about like what is that invite like? Does like Q-Tip just call your house and like, hey, you wanna you wanna get on? You know what I mean? <laughs> you wanna be on this last album or how did that come about? Well, me and Punch did a Lyricist Lounge show event. Somebody was supposed to host, didn't show up. Q-Tip was in the audience. They asked him to host. <laughs> he sees me and Punch perform. He calls the lounge like days later. And then uh, we meet up with Q-Tip and he like tells us he's starting this label with DreamWorks. So back then he had a distribution deal with DreamWorks to do um, all, you know, albums. And he actually was gonna be, his rollout and the team was all of us on, on that album. So it was gonna be me and Punch, Jane Doe, Most, and and uh, I think I forgot who else. Oh, in consequence, all of us were gonna be all on one label through Q-Tip doing albums. So that's how that all started from a lounge to that performance, and then going in the studio to do that song. And uh, I always tell the story doing that song. He he bet a hundred dollars if you if you get your verse. And one take, you get $100, and I messed up on my last line. Oh. <laughs> but, but, who, yeah. who, did anybody get it? He did, you know, and it was uh, his but He went in there like, uh, like a pro, you know, just went in there yeah, and, shut yeah, yeah. and shut us down. You know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, so that was that was dope, though. That was, I always remember that moment because it's like, man, I was so close, you know. Absolutely. Um, can we talk a little bit about the Lyricist Lounge TV show? I just like uh, like Damone said, we we looked it up earlier. Um, I don't think I watched it when it was on at the time, but it was interesting to see sketch comedy and then that kind of like hyper lyrical kind of like cypher rap 
put together like um the verses are well done um yeah. and the scenarios are kind of heightened like did it must have been fun doing it like talk to us about it what, what do you remember about it and did that change your life it did change my life i mean that that still reverberates for years too but uh when you mention the verses well done it's very like that's even like we thought about all of that so when we were writing it right because when we first started writing it it was terrible i'm gonna tell you the truth because <laughs> Because remember now we're coming from some 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 kids that were on it just like at home and now we're like about to write a TV show. Yeah. And write rhymes. Yeah. And then you're thinking like, I don't want to write nothing too difficult because you're coming from the underground. Underground rappers sometimes go over people's heads. Yeah. So it was a lot of thought, you know? Yeah. And then and then we was writing the rhyme and everybody said, Man, just write the rhymes. And we just wrote them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm <laughs> we didn't care. Um, but we knew like the bars were so fire right there that it would last forever. Like yeah. we didn't we knew like no matter when you heard the bars, they were undeniable because we just knew that if it's a dope verse, it's a dope verse. So um it's funny because like, when you say that, like how the rhymes are, man, that was a that was a conversation. That yeah. was a conversation. It, it shows. And uh I, in particular one I watched today, it's like a, it's like kids playing football in the street sketch. Right. And and I was just like, damn, dude, this is really well put together. Like you riff with the other people. The kid's going to take his ball and go home. It's just like it has that cypher energy, but it's obviously pre-written, pre-recorded. So I think you did a good job of it, like showing what's great about underground hip hop to a much larger audience. So I don't, I don't know. It just. Um, yeah. It's, uh, man, that that's that football sketch. It's like it's. It's uh, it's definitely pre-written. We didn't pre-record it though because so oh, I interesting. Re- I had to redo everything. Was live on the show. Oh, oh, that's yeah, everything to know. Live. Everything's live. So it was crazy because I'm hunched over, and we're on this platform, and there's a camera coming from the ground. So breath control wise, I'm pretty Ooh. much leaning halfway <laughs> over, rhyming, and I, and I can't make a mistake because if I make a mistake, it starts over. And it's about like a three minute rhyme straight. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. That's very high stakes. That's good to know, actually. Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember writing it. We was in a hotel and I'm in the room and I'm just writing it. And after I wrote it, I just was like, uh, man, I forgot how to end this. And, and Master Fool, who was on the show, was like, quarterback fake. <laughs> like, yo, we just like, yo. Quarterback fake, I'm with you. Great. We was like, yo, and that's what was incredible about being with the team. It's like, you know, um, like little lines coming in here and there, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I knew like if I couldn't think of it, and it's so many of us just writing them together, like it would be somebody that was gonna come up with something. So um uh, I'll never I I remember like the moments of just writing a lot of those sketches and who came up with what and and the big lines and us being like, like, yo, that's crazy and stuff like that. Because we knew like how impactful the bars were, you know, that football sketch is, is forever, you know? So let me, let me ask you this. And if you can't answer, you can't answer, just blank twice. Um, Did you write Snoop's part for the the sketch? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We wrote Snoop's part. And when Snoop walks in, I remember when he walked in, he came in to rehearse. He was like, Yo, who who wrote this? Shit, man? 
this this right here, man. Who wrote this? Y'all wrote this? Yo, man, y'all bad, man. Y'all bad. Yeah, he, said, he said, he said, man, I just gotta change a few things, man. <laughs> he said, instead of the Dreamcast controller, can I get a Dreamcast with the blue controller? blue controllers? Yeah. <laughs> We had Adidas. He said Chuck Taylor. Taylor's okay, and that's it. Wow, that's Other than so that, Everybody, everybody's stuff we wrote except for MC Light wrote hers. Okay, Slick Rick wrote half of his, and then um, yeah, everything else we wrote for everybody else. That's super cool, man. Um, wow. I'm I'm really fascinated by that late '90s early or mid mid to late 90s era like I, the cypher era right like right. i don't have to do air quotes that's you guys were in cyphers right in new york like were, were you one of those cats who was kind of like roaming the city going to washington square park like looking for people to battle like can you just talk to us about your life at that time and what led up to all of this before it was tv shows and shows at the apollo yeah i was we would we would roam the city but not necessarily like we were definitely being like Washington Square Park was in the area, but we also be on West Fourth. So West Fourth was another corner in which, if you ever see the movie Freestyle or Art of Rhyme, yeah, that clip is even it's in uh, Evolution of Hip Hop. That clip with me rhyming on the corner is in a lot of different movies and yeah. shit. And that's from being on the corner in in uh in the Ville, Greenwich Village, where okay. Washington Square Park. So that was your spot. It, it didn't have to be Washington Square Park because the village you will roam around. Okay, so pretty much but you could end up anywhere in that circumference. So um, we really, I really was just out rapping, but we really was walking around Washington, uh, Greenwich Village for girls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> Nobody really went out there, like we going out there to rhyme. Like I was okay. in high school, you know, like we going around, we walking around looking for girls and stuff like that. And then we knew we could rap. So it's like, if you rapping, it's rapping. Um, and then by the time, like, as far as high school, as I got older in college, then I would more so be at open mics. So okay. I would go to Pyramid. I would go to New Yorkian. Uh, anywhere that was open mic, I would go to mostly any open mic that was in Manhattan and, you know, Brooklyn, whatever it was. It was usually Manhattan, though. So that's kind of how I got my name known, just being at every open mic, wherever it was, and, and being out there around Wetlands. That was a huge open mic, mm. being uh, rhyming there. So that's kind of how I got my name known, just rhyming at all open mics. And did did that did the the corner scene and the open mic scene? How do you think that influenced you as a as a writer, as the type of stuff you write? I, I find that your stuff, um, even when Nate recounts it, and Nate doesn't rap, it still is clever. It makes sense, right? Is was that honed from being in front of these like different types of audiences, trying to impress people? Well, you know, I had to like learn. How, how I can be here forever, right? Like making music, for real. I like really, so what I learned was I was told like to be simply clever. I had mm. to learn that. So as I got more adjusted with writing and learning how to write, I learned how to be simply clever. So it's not too much over your head, but it still will hit you. Because early 90s and everything like that, everybody knows that that like saying that lyrical miracle style. Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's kind of like a cliche, or just like being too deep and overly complicated. As I got older and watching um, the game and learning it, I knew that I had to figure out how to simplify and still um, attach my lyrics to people's lives, and they feel mutually bonded with what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So 
like the song That Way, that's one of my biggest records, me rapping about like baby mama drama. So what I did is I actually just started writing everything more of a storytelling style. Um, so mm. I intentionally started drifting away from rapping like how dope I could rap, except for on certain songs. But I actually started becoming more of like a storyteller. And that's kind of what taught me how to uh, venture off into other areas and, and kind of hone my style to be simply clever. That's uh, that's really well put. Um, I have to write that down, actually. Um, anyway, the um, it's it's interesting that you say that because I feel like there's definitely some people who weren't able to make it out of that scene or make to to become good songwriters. And it's interesting to hear you specifically say you wanted to write rhymes that people could connect with rather than rhymes that people would be impressed by. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, I, um, I, did it, I did it intentionally. Let yeah. me tell you, let me tell you, I try to tell people this and then they go back and they can listen and you'll see, I intentionally knew what I was doing. So when, there was um, a guy named Matt Fingers in the early nineties. He used to pretty much, uh, pay for everybody to do these singles, you know, back then. Uh, if you remember some of the names, Mike Zoot and mm-hmm. me, it's like early 90s stuff, right? So Matt Fingers you pay, used to pay to get these singles done. And at some point when I started rhyming on those same singles with everybody, and which back then you was kind of like trying to show your skill, my rhymes would be stories. So everybody would battle verse and then my verse would come up and be a story. So I started intentionally not rhyming on records that dealt with battles, I started rhyming intentionally with stories mm. to kind of get people start spreading and more people hearing me. They was like, yeah, that guy, that story you told about a bowling ball, that story you told about this. And then I, I kind of just started pre-planning it. Um, and, and I was just intentional because I knew I knew where I needed to be, you know, so. That's that's a, a lot of foresight, man. Uh, let's talk about the, the latest record, uh, Undivided Attention. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been in the game 20 plus years. Uh, how do you get motivated to do a new work like this? And then tell us about the record itself. Yeah. So my uh, boy JF. So JF hit me and he's like, yeah, Yo, you want to do a project together? So JF has been putting out these different releases. He had actually put out a, a project prior called Believe It or Not. And he had me on there, Ace on there, Torre on there. He put out that project. He's been doing because he actually has a new project with Planet Asia now and he just has that love for doing the music but JF is actually the label that put out me Punchline and Wordsworth EP 20 years ago wow 20 some years ago and I met him through Ace um I met Ace through him I met Ace through JF because at that time JF was putting out a strict single that Ace was producing and then uh JF played us to Ace and said I got these two dudes that were dope (laughs) Ace heard us and that's the rest is history. Um, but on that first tour we went with Ace, JF was our DJ. So basically it's kind of like a, a you know, circle, circling back 20 years later, like, yo, let's do a project. And um, so, you know, Jay DePina, super dope producer. So for me, what motivates me to do these things as, as you were asking is are the beats. So, you know, I got uh, Kels with the Heaters on there and then Donnell Smokes, which I've collaborated with on one of my albums. So it's, it's the beats, man. If I get the beats, I'm motivated because it's a comp- It's For me, I don't want the beat to beat me. That's, mm. how, that's how my mindset is. Don't let the beat beat me. And that's how I write. 
I'm, if the if the beat is crazy, I'm gonna take time. You, you yeah, know, it's yeah. not gonna be like it might not be done today. It might be done a week from now. It might be done two weeks from now. And some other songs I might write faster, but depending on the beat, and if the rhyme ain't there, it's gonna take me time until I feel the rhyme is there. So that's my motto: just don't don't let the beat beat you. Yeah, that, that's really interesting too. Do do you have certain things you look for? Are you looking for certain tempos? Are you looking for space within the beat? to put the words into like do you have a do you have do you know what you want or are you more like skipping through the packs and when you know it you hear it i always look for something different that, than what i typically may do because like and then if i'm doing boom bap style i like a modern sound boom bap i don't like boom bap beats that sound necessarily like the 90s because to me like a griselda or a rock marciano and some of the people that we love today they're doing boom bap but the, the way the drums different. are different it's just a different sound and sometimes people send me beats, but it doesn't, it's not modernized boom bap to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. try to do them. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be like, yo, you got to change those drums up, man. Like those drums, <laughs> are like, yo, like, you know, there's been hundreds. I was like, yo, go get a drum pack from Ill Mind. Get a drum pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like drum packs out there that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like just get up, change the drums up. And you can give me that same sample maybe, but like the drums, it, it got to change um so that's kind of where i am but I, I like anything honestly that that pushes me to try something different so if it, if it makes me try something different i'm gonna ride with it whether the tempo is fast super fast slow whatever i just gotta hear it and it makes me want to write to it i don't really have a specific because that's one of the worst questions i hate hearing yo so what you looking for right <laughs> dope <laughs> yeah you what direction you going because then I'm not getting I may want. Yeah, yeah. Limited. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're trying to get a target. So I just say, yo, just send me a batch of beats. Mix it up and go from there. That's what's up. So what we've got a couple producers on this new project, uh, undivided attention. Um, what's the response been like thus far for the album? Yeah, it's been good, man. A lot of people like the unfaithful record, the you know, the remember record is very big. It's the way that I put the lyrics and, and paying tribute and kind of like merging the generations on there. Um, and of course, Sinister, that's, that's been a pretty big thing. People like it, you know? I think um, it's because like I've been, I made a place to myself for like, I think this maybe six years now, since 2015, to make sure I put something out every year. Okay. So yep. um, I think people enjoyed it. I missed the year prior to 2021 because I put a book out. Oh, cool. So I'm making sure that I stay consistent with something out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think people like the fact that it's that boom bap, but it's not sounding dated like that. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's hard, but it's not crazy. Like, um, you know, it's not out of touch. And then you hit have a song like the Remember record. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite song on it. You know, Okay. that's my favorite on it. And Sinister. But that Remember record is one of those records that it's just one of those records, the lyrics, you know, mm. and things like that. Um, you could play, you could just play. So like, uh, I think that brings people into just like, what's going on. Those are the songs I pride myself on, writing songs I remember. That's dope. And uh, it's dope to see that you're still enthused, engaged with the art form all these years later. Wordsworth, we want to thank you for coming on the program, man. Wish you continued success. Yeah, thank you, man. I got I got a new album coming out in June. So okay, awesome. Yeah, check that out. All right. Okay, wait. Do you want to you want to drop in the name? 
Yeah, it's called The Fragility of Life. Woo! Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, man, it's produced, the entire thing is produced by Kells with the Heat from the okay. Um, Man, it's, it's just one of those records, man, that I, I, I think it's like probably my best record to date. Okay. Based off the content, what it's about. You, I mean, from the title alone. And stuff okay. Like um, Sounds like it'd be more, more introspective. Yeah, it's introspective and just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those records, man, that I think people are going to like enjoy listening to it and checking it out. So, yeah, the fragility of life. Okay. Looking forward to hearing that. Thank you for coming in June. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, y'all. Take care. Peace. So that was our conversation with Wordsworth. You know, it's funny, dude. Like when I was mm. uh, researching Wordsworth, it, you know, the day of, you want to just like right before when I sit mm-hmm. down, I go pull up some web pages, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. Discogs. I got my little routine I do for, I was like, oh, there's also a very famous English poet named Wordsworth. <laughs> it's like, I'm like so deep into this hip hop shit. I didn't even, I hadn't even realized it was a reference. It's like, that's just a good rapping name. Yeah. I, you know, we were talking it again this this morning in our group <laughs> chat and I'm making like stupid jokes. Like, oh, those words are worth a lot to me, you guys. Like, you know, it's just like, always riffing and punning and thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, it's like referencing something so famous, like so epic and old that it could never be like thought of as. Oh, you know, I never think about Wordsworth. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I never think about old English Wordsworth. I right. mean, I think, do you know that, that Nipsey Hussle is a parody? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I feel like um, it's like Ice Cube. I know there was a point in my life where probably when you said Ice Cube, I actually thought of Ice Cubes. Right. Um, but ever since whatever NWA, if you say Ice Cube in any context, yeah. I immediately think of Ice Cube with the Jerry Curl. Totally. And, and, yeah. and there's a slightly different way you hit the syllables of it to make sure you yeah. know which one you're talking about, like Ice right. Cubes versus Ice Cube, right? Um, <laughs> uh, gifted Gab, uh, I hope we can consider her friend of the program, someone yeah. we're very fond of um, and we've had on the show before and we're fans of, is obsessed with Alan Iverson and often talks about Alan yeah. Iverson and her social media presence and uh she's like did a really funny tweet or something one day she's like to me ai is alan iverson so if you want to talk to me about artificial intelligence <laughs> you have to let me know at, up front that's what we're talking about because exactly having it any other way and i was like exactly. no, that's, that's me with wordsworth i guess i didn't know that until today <laughs> he stocked out he stocked out the territory i think in a battle i think he could take the original wordsworth um, <laughs> you know when krs was like that like Oh, battles Shakespeare, battle book is taking shit. Like, yeah, totally. Damn, damn yeah. son. Um, yeah, so shout out to Wordsworth. Super cool. Uh, glad he could come on. He's got new stuff coming out. We have quoted him on a couple of interviews about that really fascinating thing that he said about uh, making the transition from being like a bar uh, spitting dude to like a storyteller, um, which I don't think we've ever heard a rapper 
characterize it quite that way. Elzai said something like that, but he uh, Wordsworth really had a sustained. Yeah, and, and I've like kind of I we've we've quoted it back to several people we were talking about, and you so you may hear it in future interviews if they haven't been released yet. But the thing to me and. It's just like every once in a while something just stops you in your tracks and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. and it just helped yeah. me think about hip hop differently. And this was one of those moments. And it's like the, the crystallized version of it that I've been saying back to people, because it's not quite phrased this way, is like if you stop trying to impress people and start trying to relate with them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, wow, those are yeah. very different things. Two different things. Two different things. It, but here's what I will say in defense of, of styling out. Um Part of this rap shit is about impressing people. A b boy doesn't doesn't spin on their head to be like, I want to relate to you. It's like, no, I'm right. superhuman. Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. I am totally. actually superhuman. Totally. Um, and but so but there's I, a danger of rapping only for other rappers. And like, if oh, you don't so know dangerous. enough about rapping, you yeah. won't get why it's impressive. You'll just think it's gibberish. So there's yeah. a whole, you know that that's yeah. a whole thing of battle rap and cypher style rap and there's you a- just described the late half of the 90s which it <laughs> took us to figure that out like actually your mom doesn't care why feral Monch is a fucking beast you know what i mean it's so inside and it's so technical um oh but that's a great corollary though feral Monch is one of those dudes who could tell a he story both. He, he can write a song and he can just he can just go bar for bar um with almost anyone and yeah, I, mean, I feel he, like he's such a beast it's like yeah yeah you don't want to like I don't want. I don't want to name anyone who I think is the other way, but it's it's mostly for me. It's more in the realm of actual battle rap and what battle rap has become. It's just like I suppose it is impressive that you did research and found this guy like shit his pants in the seventh grade or whatever. In a way, it's like you know we've we've kind of dismissively called it like acapella stand up comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, oh it's totally. World and it's not the world we cover and it's not a world I'm versed in. Some of our guests are and we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but it's just not something that I spend a lot of time following. I like music and I like narrative. And, you know, there's just more yeah. to it for that than me. But I also think I'm the kind of listener who is impressed by bars that ostensibly would be impressive only to other rappers like yeah i'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a really deep listener so it's, it's like, called it's know, called being an aficionado me. you know yeah. what i mean it's like when you when you dig the things that a, a jazz cat would dig that an actual player would dig right which are not always super accessible things so i'm i'm it's I'll the notes always they're not playing damon oh my god the notes <laughs> in between the notes there are no wrong notes in jazz nate um there are wrong bars in rap though please believe what I, um, I oh i think jeff weiss was on another podcast and he said that someone in, he respects told him every great rap song contains a mistake and i have oh, thought yeah. about that like every day ever oh, since yes. i heard that i've been like if i see him i'm gonna like corner him and be like i want to know what, who told you that what? and i'm not letting you go until i find out uh it that is a great I'm going to think about that. But Isn't that interesting? If you start thinking about all the songs, it's like, yeah. I, I'd be doing that. Out. I'd be doing that. But then I'm like, who the fuck and every you, podcast bro? contains like 20. Oh, dude. <laughs> ours, ours is high 40s. Um, yeah, I, I do think about that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, if Biggie would have said this instead of that, that would have been perfect. But then I go, fuck are you? right and would would it would it be sticky we've had this conversation exactly it's like when they mess up to get so it's sticky yeah yeah the perfect thing would just glide through your mind it wouldn't stick and uh i am a a big fan of um engineered and perfection uh when we think about the greats uh some of those things are, are are very happy accidents but uh in any of it you know we we are the dead bod rap pod i mean shit this is 217 
uh, we're charging along here. We have a Patreon account. And now that um, the overlord Elon has subsumed <laughs> Twitter, um, we are offering uh, Patreon Asylum for $5 a month. Uh, tap in with us, patreon.com slash dadbodrappod. Or if you cop the annual subscription, you could save 15% uh, by buying a full year, which we've had a couple of uh, uh, full year subscribers in the past couple of days. We really appreciate that. Um, Shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nate has some fire content on the uh, on People the seem Patreon. to be digging now. my uh, record collecting YouTube show I'm trying to make. Yeah. I uh, filmed another segment on uh, Saturday, and uh, we Sick. will see how this goes. Absolutely. If you want to see Nate in a lab coat uh, <laughs> dissecting why he owns particular pieces of, of vinyl, um, why do I own this record is a new video segment that Nate is doing available exclusively on Patreon. Uh, not to get too far into it, because most people hearing this will never see it, though you can, patreon.com. But um, everyone was like, they thought it would be about embarrassing records that I yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. And like we're gonna get there if I keep doing this. Like not every, not there. They can't all be winners, right? Well, well, my thought was like, well, I don't know how well you guys know Nate. Like <laughs> he, he ain't out here buying gag records. You know what I mean? Like he didn't inherit this collection. This if is if I did, well I would have a reason and create some elaborate narrative around why Absolutely. it's important because that's Absolutely. what I do. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny that 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 was mentioned several times, and I was like, we may get there. And also, what's embarrassing to you might not be embarrassing to me. Like I'm not a big guilty pleasure person. I'm just like more of like. A pleasure person yeah and like i likes what i likes and that's yes. it's, it's gotten me pretty far in life to have this like really really Specific strong sense. sense of what makes sense to me as my taste and so yep. it's kind of i don't know it's interesting but th there are probably a few things where i would be like oh yeah i actually do have that uh so you gotta stay tuned you gotta subscribe to the uh the patreon to see when nate finally hits the wart in his collection uh <laughs> we'll be waiting with bated breath uh, we've got some new playlists on there. Nate just uh, put on his Story Road playlist, which is uh, a collection of story raps, the Mac Dre song. Ugh. <laughs> oh, so good. Everything from Fatboy Sharif to, uh, to Mac Dre, um, it's all there. It's a super dope playlist. Uh, what I've about got... Dems Gems, though? Dems Gems is rolling along. Um, I'm just trying to be the Kurt Vonnegut of of playlists with this so show. If, it I goes. Could, if i could draw this would be really live but um yeah i got a new playlist kind of semi every seven to ten days I'll, I'll drop something um a collection of joints that i'm um that are keeping me sane i think yeah, that's with the only awesome, unifying like essays and context and thematic elements it's awesome man they're so great yeah so we're we're rolling along there's plenty of that stuff i think i was doing the math there's like 50 plus hours of content right now on our Patreon. So tap in now, tell a friend, uh, keep the program moving along. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts, but we're still at Twitter at DadBodRapPod. <laughs> we'll see until they start charging. Uh, we I don't also know what is about to happen. I just, while we were no clue. recording, so I couldn't really get into it with the person. I got my, are you quitting Twitter text? I'm not quitting Twitter in a tantrum. Right. Like, because I, I don't like the personage of Elon Musk. Like, I, I engage with plenty of things that are owned by terrible people. Right. But um, I don't think he bought it not to fuck it up. 
<laughs> I don't think he bought it to be like, keep doing what y'all was doing. That's why right. I, I just put together $44 billion. They're going to do something. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But in Would meantime, you quit if they let Trump back on? Oh, uh, no, no, I wouldn't quit it. Because I joined when on. he was on. So I don't, yeah. I don't really have a leg to stand on with that argument. I have him muted. I would have him blocked immediately. Absolutely. Any any and all, any kind of like wrap around Oakley shade fucking <laughs> goatee motherfuckers just get blocked. I don't mess with any of it. Yeah. So no. already annoyed that people don't exactly like the exact kind of hip hop we like. So if you're just anti my politics, it's like, no, dude, we're no. not doing this. No, like, I'll, I'll show you that. But, but also I think this whole kind of like, I'm storming off it's well, like, that's the silliest yeah kind it's of like post. and they're all they'll all be back and you'll all be back i you wanted a, the attention that the storm away post gets you and where else are you going to get that not on pinterest on, exactly on the media <laughs> platform that you're complaining about i complain about social media platforms on my podcast that's <laughs> like where you should adult. do it like an adult i started a, a an adult male um we're also on instagram uh talk about a problematic owner talk about a problematic (laughs) company we're on there too we hey guys cards on the table we fucking put it on amazon and audible last week oh that's right real talk we thought we we did debate internally about it and we're not really promoting the amazon part of it but we're on there we're on there so does that mean you can fuck with us on your kindle I don't know the answer to that or how okay. that would even work. I don't think Kindles have speakers. So is it I like don't know what a Kindle is. <laughs> <laughs> My wife uses a Kindle literally every second. She's not at work. She's, I'm sure, reading something on her Kindle yeah. and yeah. wishing I wasn't yelling so loud right now. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know before you could ask Alexa or Cortana or Siri to play it and they'll play it. They'll play the newest one. Oh, and, okay. And so that means if you have real that- life ask. I was like, can oh. you ask your Siri to play Dad Bod Rap on and show me what happens? And it, it, it will do that. So I think what it is is wow. Audible is an audiobook service. So they already yes. have a lot of recorded stuff. So it's on Audible. Let's focus on that part of it. Okay. Okay. Um, go Amazon Unionizers. That guy who's yep. organizing the unions. Love it. Like Gold Chains is like everyone's hero. He's so love awesome. it. And I'm going to learn his name. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely will. And um, we will definitely keep y'all posted on all the wild places you can find this podcast but if you're listening to it you figured it out already Uh, (laughs) nate zos and uh (laughs) demon musk here (laughs) (laughs) horrific sorry oh i liked it i apologize uh that is the type of humor that you have come to expect here every week every goddamn thursday we are the dad bod rap pod
Don't you?